0: Hey, gang, how are you? Kevin Goatee gutting the sacred cow. Wow, how awesome was Dave Landau last week when he did Goodwill Hunting? That episode, hilarious. Guess what? This week, we've got a holiday spirit in store for you. You know why? Because I go and gut a film this week. You know what I take on? A Christmas Story. Yeah, I hate that film. This is just like when Kevin Israel sat in the uh, in the in the gutting chair and he did The Shining. Well, guess what? I'm doing a Christmas Story. Before we get to it, want to thank you guys. We're gonna talk about it in the episode. But news update as of today, uh, December twelfth. Guess what? We now hit number twenty. On the iTunes Top 100. That just happened today in the episode I Say We're 32. Guess what? Today we're number 20. Thank you so much, every one of you, for helping us get there. And you know how you helped us get there? By writing those five star ratings and two sentence reviews. Thank you. And thank you for telling a friend. Thank you for sharing on social media. And God damn it, we wanna see you at the live show January thir- 23rd, 2021. January 23rd of next year. AMC Clifton in New Jersey. We're doing the Karate Kid with Bill and Joanne. Oh, by the way, it just so happens Bill Schultz is back in the co-host chair for this episode. That's right. You know we love that scamp as he loves to call people. Bill Schultz, Kevin Israel are riding shotgun together as I take on a Christmas story. Thank you so much for everything. And without further ado, here I am taking down a Christmas story.
1: Gather round.
2: What is happening, fellow gutters? Welcome to another episode of Gutting the Sacred Cow. Now, you're probably thinking, that is not the silky smooth voice of Kevin Goatee. That sounds more like the rough-hued timber of Kevin Israel. Well, you're right. (laughs) Why am I talking to you to kick this off? This is a very special episode of Gutting the Sacred Cow for three reasons. One, it's our holiday episode. If you're watching, you know that because I'm wearing a ridiculous leopard-skin Santa hat. The only kind of Santa hat I endorse. And yes, to get this out of the way for the entire episode, I'm Jewish and I celebrate Christmas. So go fuck yourself. I'm not going to explain it. Go to my my (laughs) Facebook page. Number two, we have a special co-host tonight. We have brought back for the 97th time. I think we have to put him on the payroll. One morning
1: shows on Compound Media's own Bill Schultz. Welcome back, Bill. Wait, hold on, guys. Uh, again, I'm the carrot top of talking about movies. I'm not done with my, uh, so wait, what, what movie are we going to be talking about today? Well, let me, Uh, I can't see you. I can't see you. Hold on. Hold on. All right. There we go. There (laughs) we go. He doubled down on the props. I love
2: you. Where did you
1: find this? And the third reason- First of all, the hat is actually mine. I stole this from Compound Media. I don't think anybody does not believe. Are those, are those Gina Visconti's glasses? <laughs> I, all I know is I have perfect vision, and I can see perfectly with these glasses on, and they look a little like Ralphie. Although, again, I don't know what we're talking about today.
2: Well, the third worst, reason the worst this is this very special episode is because this is another Flip the Script episode. This is another Freaky Friday episode, Shaggy DA, whatever you want to call it, our own captain of the USS gutting the sacred cow has decided his movie to gut, and he has chosen a seasonal correct movie that has sent Bill Schultz into a tizzy. I would say for the past week, I've listened to nothing but these two going back and forth oh. on Twitter like two angry cats, because Kevin Goatee has chosen the holiday classic, the beloved. The, the the it's viewed it's actually played at least twelve times on
0: Christmas Day, the Christmas Story.
1: <sighs>
0: I step away from host for one second. And you fuck up already. It's a Christmas a Christmas story, story. a Christmas Jesus. Story. A it Christmas might as well story. be
1: the Christmas Story. The <laughs> Christmas
0: hater story. of America. The Christmas Story of retards. That's what it should be called.
2: Uh.
0: <laughs> but this is our holiday episode. Yes. for the holidays,
2: if you're still trying to think of, what should I get my loved one? What should I buy my best friend, my girlfriend, my fiancé, my partner? You can always buy them tickets to our live show. Yes. It's still happening. January 23rd at the Clifton AMC. We are going to be reviewing... Karate Kid with none other than the guy who is in front of us,
0: Bill Schultz and I apologize. show on Compound Media. What are you taking your pants off? I see a like a uh, no, I see I'm a...
1: trying to plug in the uh,
0: I bet you're trying to plug yeah. it in. I look you to look plug it into that lamp. You look like an extra from the Lost Boys. And that in that shot of yours right yeah, the, there. Head, that weird head. Oh, shot. I'll
1: take that. That's that that's a compliment. Sorry, uh, the gay the gay yes, lost boys. We're doing I'm sorry. Karate Kid, this is my co-host's idea. Um and I actually kind of like the Karate Kid, but I love the balls on her for doing huge the, balls. Yeah, and, this uh, especially and I mean, now. Got, karate Kid is not without its flaws, gentlemen. Oh.
2: So, come on out to AMC January 23rd. If you go to guttingthesacredcow.com, you can still get tickets. It's going to sell out. We are socially distancing. The whole thing is going to be safe. It's a massive theater that we have very limited seating to ensure that everybody's safely distanced apart. Come out, AMC Theater, January 23rd in Clifton. Tickets on guttingthesacredcow.com. Don't miss out. So, uh, let's get to we'll do the facts before we start this. I, these two are just drooling. They're They're champing at the bit, as uh, one Kevin Goatee likes to say, uh, to get to each other. But we'll uh, we'll get the housekeeping out of the way. This 1983 Christmas sensation at a budget of $4 million and a profit of $20.6 million. 2020 money, that's $10.5 million budget and a profit of $54.2 million. Not too shabby for a Christmas movie. Uh, we're going to go over the scores. IMDB, as we all know, is a scale of one to 10 with decimal points. Gentlemen, I'll start with my co-host. My, Ah. my, the, I'll start with our founder. Kevin
1: (laughs) I was going to say your co-host right here.
2: I know. I know. Bill, (laughs) Bill, you're giving me agita. You're giving this Christmas Jew agita. (laughs) Kevin Goatee, what did a Christmas story get on IMDB?
0: All right. I know it's loved a lot and wrongfully because again, this is a nation of people that finds the show friends funny. So I'm going to come right out. I'm gonna say this is an eight four. Bill? Eighty nine. Nope. It's IMDB one to ten. Oh. Well, 8.9. 8. you could really, you know.
1: Oh oh sorry, I, I thought it was um uh, the other one. Um I... Uh, eight. Eight.
2: Yeah. Wow. What did you say, Kev? Eight-four. Eight-four. You guys were both close. 7.9 on the... Oh! Asian really? Show. I yes.
0: overshot.
2: Bill, uh, Bill just missed it. Just missed it. Much like that outfit. <laughs> uh, Rotten Tomatoes. I think you both know them, so I'm just going to go over them uh, to get the formality out of the way. Critic score of 89%. Abomination. And a nearly identical audience score of 88%. Gross. How often do the critics and <laughs> the audience agree? Very uh, very few. I think actually when we did Goodwill hunting
0: the the critics and the audience were, were pretty much spot yeah. on.
2: Yeah. Kev, you got an uphill battle against this one if everybody in, is in alignment. And I look Please forward to it. Please. But first, but first, let's talk about some quotes. <laughs> I think we can get the one the most famous. The really the only quote anyone needs you'll shoot your eye
1: out. Oh, sure.
2: Oh. Which I actually think my mom did say to me when I asked her to get a BB gun myself. A few of my favorites uh, that were a little more obscure, the soft glow of electric sex gleaming in the window. Great. Oh, I, I, Great. I, I love that line. Meatloaf, meatloaf. I hate meatloaf. <laughs> I, I think I, I say that every time that I order meatloaf. And... uh and when I tell you to come, you better come. I say that to my wife almost every night. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: she fakes accordingly. <laughs> Bill, And you know what? It's fine with me. I wonder how
1: she's
0: going <laughs> to react to you with that Peg Bundy-esque Santa hat on and no <laughs> pants later on. Uh, she has a matching hat. Thank you very much. Meow.
2: Yeah, Thank
1: boy. Take actually, I, th-
2: I, think, I think her is tiger-striped. Oh.
1: Bill. Any outstanding quotes to you? Yes, and I think it really applies to uh, the world we live in right now, because that's how amazing... Listen to me, Goatee, you fucking asshole. (laughs) That's how amazing this movie is. In our world, you were either a bully, a toady, or one of the nameless ramble of victims. That's one. And then the other one is... And we all remember this when we were kids, when Christmas gifts mattered. Next to me, in the blackness, lay my oiled blue steel beauty. The greatest Christmas gift I would ever receive or ever received. And see. Boy, he said
0: a quote, not a fucking soliloquy. Jesus Christ. I don't understand what soliloquy is. Kev, any... uh, Nor fashion. (laughs) Any quotes for you? The epitome, and I will address this in my notes, this line was abused by every fucking parent in the 80s as we were all growing up. And there are starving people in China. <laughs> yep.
2: <laughs> That's Not anymore point.
0: thanks to communism. Yes. <laughs> That's it? That's all I, no, please. The, 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 the quotes, but the, 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 the sides they shoot your eye out. There's nothing memorable. Nothing memorable. Quote wise. What is wrong with you? I, I listen, Kevin. I always say
2: we love a guest with vitriol, and he is bringing a gallon of vitriol to pour all yeah. over this. And I, oh, I've I got four more fucking oil drums
0: happening. of. I have four more oil drums of vitriol for <laughs> this piece of shit right here. <laughs> but first, before we get before yes. we unleash the hounds,
2: Kevin. We're gonna go five fun facts, and I'll bang through these
0: quickly because he is—he's Kev. You should see the look in his eye. Take your time, man. This is not a race. This is not it's a on fire. This, this is not a drive-through. Five fun facts. Five fun facts for you right now. It's time for five fun more facts. Five fun facts for you right now.
2: Number one, Jack Nicholson wanted to play the role of old man. But it was going to cost too much. Yep. That would have been, I would have liked to see that. I would have liked to see uh, Crazy Jack play that part. Hey, kid,
0: uh, you'll shoot your eye
2: out, man. I had one when I was a kid. (laughs) Number two. Two other actors who read for the role, Will Wheaton and Sean Astin. One went on to pass on sexual advances by Whoopi Goldberg on Star Trek. The other went on to make overrated Goonies. We always get a Goonies jab in I think it's a requirement of every gutting the sacred cow episode. I'm very surprised you read my notes with the jokes
0: included by thank you for that.
2: It was a good one no thank you I, I give you credit because at first I was like I'm not reading his jokes but then I was like ah, that's, that's good. Thank you. You can bid number three you can bid on eBay to spend Christmas Eve and Christmas day in the house and you can also and you also get $800 worth of gifts including the bunny suit. And the leg lamp. I would rather Airbnb a
0: Dachau than stay at that fucking house.
2: Kev, did you see how much it was costing? Like what, what the... Uh, you know, what I did. didn't look it up. I did not I w- look it up. I would love to know what, that, what people are paying. I'll, for I'll, I'll stall for you, pal. Go ahead. All right. A in the movie Elf, Ralphie is the head elf wearing the red hat. I didn't even know that. I had I no either. idea. Uncredited. Good for him. Just making a comeback. Speaking of comebacks... Scott Schwartz went on to do porn movies. And I'm going to give one bonus fun fact that, uh, that I also found. These movies were based off a series of short stories that originally printed in Playboy. Gene Shepard. Playboy, where all the best literature is found. Well, by the way, back in the day, it really was. Oh, Playboy. Yeah. The, I mean, the joke always was, I read it for the articles, but it was.
1: Yeah, it was. Totally. It was
2: a legitimate rival to most of the magazines out there
0: absolutely the answer to your question starting rates at 195 bucks a night and but varies with the season oh uh, so i'm sure christmas eve and christmas day or are... it's gotta be like it has to be like Two grand, uh, I'm you know, sure for that. You
2: know the filth that people have probably done in that house just to say they did it? <laughs> How
0: many Christmas story shitty home <laughs> porno <laughs> moves have they made? I'll oh, so <laughs> shoot your fucking eye out with my dick. And I banged <laughs> the lamp in that house. <laughs> I banged my wife wearing a Ralphie Bunny costume. But listen,
2: we're not here <laughs> to talk about sex acts in a Christmas well, we kind of are. attire. We're not here. To criticize Bill's horrible wardrobe. We are here to do one thing and one thing only. And it is time to let Kevin go, T. After a much await, Kevin is going to cut the, the
0: sacred, sacred cow. I feel like Jim Carrey in the very beginning of Ace Ventura. This film is based on one principle, and that is, as we know, soul nostalgia. As we know in this podcast, that nostalgic argument holds up like wet paper mache. So drop your fucking cocks and grab your socks. Basic number one, this film is classified as a comedy. I challenge you both in your arguments, chapter and verse, I want to know the exact moments you laughed during this film. Do you know how many times I laughed during this film? Spoiler alert, less than I did re-watching Napoleon Dynamite. This film did not even have a smirk-worthy scene. At least Napoleon Dynamite, I smirked once ago. go, eh. Not once, not ever. The dialogue in this film is beyond awful. The first scene where they're all having breakfast, no family speaks like that. It's like they're all speaking as strangers at an art gallery cocktail hour. There's no real connection in that family except later on with the mom and the Ralphie and the autistic son who has to make pig sounds 30 seconds longer than the scene should allow for. Hilarious. No, only for yeah. mongloids. Have yeah, you mean you've never said to your daughter, who's my little piggy? <laughs> no. She's my monkey butt, not my <laughs> piggy. <laughs> this film tries insanely hard to tap into the classic movies like Miracle on 34th Street or It's a Wonderful Life with its tone, but viciously misses the fucking target. Not even the bullseye, the target. You'll shoot your eye out is easily one of the 10 worst cliched quotes in movie history. It is like a comic bombing who tries to keep pounding in a catchphrase that he or she created. And it stinks. Not only does it fail to stick the landing on its initial approach, they try and shoehorn it in their more than an 80s commercial catchphrase. Where's the beef? Mikey likes it, and Calgon Take Me Away had more flavor and resonated more often than this off-repeated elementary stupidity. Next quote: There are starving people in China is a line that was repeated way too many times in any kid of the 80s household. And my response to that line is now: send all those kids back from Wuhan. I understand they have a surplus now. Jesus. <laughs>
2: By the way, you win the gutting just for bringing up Calgon.
0: Thank you. (laughs) All three of those from memory. Ralphie is dressed like a cowboy in a gay porno in his little fucking cutesy poo memory scene. The last time I checked, BB guns don't make the sound of gunshots, assholes. They make the same sound as Bill Schultz's queeds.
1: Wait, I'm doing one right now. Hold, hold. (laughs) You might want to edit this out. All right, just finished. Perfect. It sounded very brappy.
0: This smells <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Cigarettes and Stella Artois don't help that either.
2: Why is there <laughs> dust floating around Bill's room?
0: Oh, I'm on fire right now. <laughs> this has the varnish of a shitty community college play or intro to TV 101 final project. The ongoing voiceover is beyond tedious. The Wonder Years had less voiceovers in it. And the voiceover sounded like a librarian reading a book to five-year-olds. It's way over the top and grandiose for such rudimentary occurrences. And then Ralphie brushed his teeth. And then he sucked the toothbrush handle in his butthole slowly as a smile crept over his face, realizing there was a lot more to life than a BB gun. The fucking flare is trash. The seven layers of clothing on his brother is an insanely hacked premise. What ideas did they scrap, guys? Slipping on a banana peel, not paying attention while riding a bike into a parked car, or peeping through a window while a girl undresses. Did all three of those not make the cut in the Hack 101 shit show this film is? The teacher holding all of her fake teeth, all of the kids' fake teeth in her hand, was a complete 1980s moment. Now, ki- teachers would use tongs and pu- spray Purell in a mist bottle on any kid who approached her desk with a five-foot radius. <laughs> Triple dog dare became one of the worst slogans in our lexicon. It's just a precursor of calling someone a pussy. Call Man up! A complete misuse of community funding and manpower calling the goddamn fire department and police department when a simple glass of warm water would have done the trick of getting that boy's tongue off a pole. I guess I agree. I agree, I guess Karen's existed back in the 50s as well, huh? If Flick is embarrassed to put his tongue on a pole, wait a few years when he gets asked to write on the chalkboard and sporting a massive boner while wearing corduroy pants.
2: That that sounds personal, Kev. That <laughs> happened to every one of us.
0: I refuse to be the sole pillar of responsibility for that action. I was worried about the boner happening with the corduroys, but it, it absolutely happened. With and of course way. it did. Of course.
2: You know, I actually had to recently explain to my wife that that's a phenomenon. She's like, why does it happen? I was like, I don't know. It has a mind of its yeah. own. Why do birds <laughs> sing in the morning. It just is.
1: Yeah, some, like it doesn't even need to be a gust of wind, especially at that age. No, When you're 12 or 13? Yeah, it's got a mind of its own. All I had to do was see a half cleavage of my third
0: grade teacher's tits. I go,
1: oh, I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, if, if I got out <laughs> of a pop quiz, I would pop a boner. Like, it need to do with a girl, yeah.
0: He has yellow eyes, another quote, because he has jaundice, you fucking idiot. They're poor. What do you expect? That's a good point. Thank you. (laughs) You know these kids are grade A1 pussy queefs when they get bullied by someone who looks like the Shermanator from American Pie and wears a coonskin hat. That hat screams meth head cousin rapist. I've never seen that skinny of a dog's tail getting slammed in the door. How fake was that? Ugh! <laughs> it was a tongue. It was not a tongue. It was his tail. It was the dog's tongue. It was not yeah. a tongue. That to- okay, that's a fucking foot and a half long tongue then. Was it yeah, St. I mean, Bernard? Really? It was the was yeah. it the tongue? No. Yeah, it was, a no. tongue. It was the Google, tongue. Google, Google yeah. image that while I continue my perfect time. I got to look into that. Ralphie's brother must have grown up to become Louie Anderson, right? Frigile, another shitty fucking lame joke that often gets thrown into a conversation amongst dunces. I'm surprised that being in the Midwest, they didn't say that was Italian. People act like the leg lamp is the holy grail of movie props. This is beyond maddening. I, I queued you right up there, Schultz. A leg is going to cause that much of a reaction. It's not a tit. It's not Sammy Davis Jr.'s glass eye. It's not a plaster of Paris cast of Milton Berle's anaconda-esque penis, okay? People who own one of these lamps have more than one bumper sticker on their car and laugh about it. I hate you. I hate you. You're you're nodding because I'm right. The husband, the dad, is a grade-A fucking asshole, the wife, What? yeah, that dad is a dick. The wife would have fucked the first mailman the minute her husband would have, had have gone over to war. He brought, he was a piece of shit to her. The kids, he was useless. At the very end, he has one half a second, a moment of retribution, because he gives him the fucking gun, and all is forgiven. That dad was, was a fucking dick. Even listening to radio episodes of Little Orphan Annie is more entertaining than this piece of shit film. Two more pages left. Wow. Wow. If the writers of Napoleon Dynamite wrote a Christmas film, this would be it. The characters in this film have the charm of Fidel Castro. Any laughs at this point? We're about 55 minutes in this film. Any laughs yet? Nope. Thought so. Next quote. Wield and deal like an Arab trader. Did I miss both men spitting into their hands and then shaking? By the way, such another – I hate this word, too. I don't know why I had to use it. Such another Karen thing to do. Have a mom call another boy's mom to narc him out. Ugh. Because Donna Goatee got a few of those calls. I hate that. Totally. So it
1: resonated so with you. And that I hit home, but I – yeah,
0: my mother got a few of those calls. you know what your husband, your, your, your son said? She's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. The fifth audible groan during this film – uh, during the blind Ralphie scene, brought my wife out to ask, how much longer will I be yelling at the TV? <laughs> I wish Ralphie's secret decoder message was, sell yourself free. Pour, pour bleach into your old man's ovaltine. Oh. The dad's a
1: fucking... <laughs> how awesome. fucking dare you?
0: Ralphie throws punches like Andy Cohen, Ken Jong, or Dame Duty, Judy Dench does. Dame Judy could fucking win a fight. We mm. both know that. She's a Osteo- prize fighter. Osteoporotic, 85 year old woman. I don't think so. Jim. I don't know, hey, he but made, she's also he kind of a plus Okay, you ready for the only 15 second quasi redeemable moment in this film? Seeing Santa in the mall with the slide next to him. That's pretty fucking cool. I give that credit.
1: That's yeah, cool. Sure. That's
0: cool. Not as cool as driving cars around the Overlook Hotel. Or, sorry, big wheels in the Overlook Hotel. No. No, which okay. we still have to need do. We to make that happen. Road trip. <laughs> the whole dialogue with Santa and his helpers and Ralphie is blatantly over the top. No one accentuates their speech like that unless they're trying out for Shakespeare in the park or an improv troupe. I
1: love What is that. wrong with you?
0: Oh, I'm... The, Listen, baby, you're just mad because this is just, I'm snipering out every spot in your taint. It gets you so excited for this garbage cinema. I love how the mom has a fly swatter in her hand during Christmas morning because I guarantee that dickhead husband gave that to her as a present, which reminds me of the old Andrew Clay Dice joke, uh, D- Andrew, uh, Dice Clay joke, where he goes, I got my wife for Christmas. I got her a broom, you know, because last year, I got her the dustpan and she looked at me like, what the hell? And I had to watch her for an entire year sweep stuff into her hand. So I got her the dustpan. That's a joke. (laughs) It's a great joke. (laughs) She has a fly swatter on Christmas, you know. Any adult who uses the word funnies, referring to comics, has the tact and intelligence of a four year old trout. How many dogs have you known to break down doors and steal food off table? What's the next hacky premise? Don't slam the door. I have a souffle in the oven. Fuck you. (laughs) And I hate canceling movies for things. But where are the SJWs when you need them? Calling them out for the Chinese singers deemed racist as propaganda? Is this ripe for canceling due to racism no, it cancel it because it's insanely unfunny, viciously overrated, and shows how people have pedantic standards. There are plenty of good Christmas films. Christmas Vacation, uh, Christmas Carol, uh, Home Alone, all of those have stood the test of time. Don't give that your dead inside goatee argument. I gave you a bunch right there. This film, didn't, there's no one talked about it. For the, until the last 15 to 20 years. How? I don't know. Somehow it found its way from the bottom of the $5 bin at a Best Buy. And I'm here to make sure this film goes the way of the DVD. Extinct. One out of ten. Fuck this movie. Wow.
2: Wow. Wow. I, I'm i afraid to get too close to my computer screen because there's fire shooting out of it. <laughs> it, it, it
0: you brought score- the... No- I just, I just Mortal Kombat Scorpion where he takes his hat up and just blows fire on you. You know that you know that scene in The Predator
2: where they all start just shooting into the jungle mm-hmm. and then and they don't stop until the Gatling gun is empty, and then you just watch the jungle fold. That, that's what just happened. That
1: <laughs> is what <just> happened. <laughs> Would
0: I, the listen. Gatling gun is spinning and smoking, and he's still pulling the trigger, and it's just going, <laughs> Listen, if I didn't do that on my own show, I'd be a fucking fraud. So yeah, I came loaded for bear. No, I listen. Nothing but respect.
2: That's how for all future guests, if you're gonna come up, that's how you got the sacred cow. Boom. But I have nothing but I have Did nothing he? but respect for Bill Schultz. And really, his,
0: that's what you call that?
2: And <laughs> I call and, and, and his ridiculous glasses and hat. He's <laughs> dedicated to this. If you're not watching, if you're if you don't have the, the fortune of being able to see us, he has the lamp sitting behind him. And he's wearing, I don't even know what the hat's called. It's got the ears that cover your face. It's got the ear flaps.
1: It's called the Midwest. I was just going to say, it's it's, it's, it's
0: it's the Wisconsin Fisherman hat. That's what I call
2: that. So, Bill, I'm going to cede the opportunity right now to you and allow you to rebut Kevin's just
1: fire-branded argument. Well, listen, firebranded. Kevin goes through a lot of things he's sick of hearing. You'll shoot your eye out, Uh, fragile. All these things have been repeated ad nauseum. The reason they've been repeated ad nauseum is because this thing has gotten into the absolute popular culture of the entire nation And repeat it. So that that can annoy you, but it started with the Christmas story and it started because this movie, this little nugget that came out of nowhere in 1983, started that. You can be annoyed by it all you want, but it started there. Jerry Seinfeld said that his inspiration was Gene Shepard because Gene Shepard showed how to make nothing into something. And that is this entire movie. And when you start with nostalgia, and you make fun of nostalgia, you don't know what nostalgia is. Nostalgia, and I quote by Webster's Dictionary, is a sentimental longing or wistful attention of the past, typically for a period or place with happy personal associations. Now, last I checked, Kevin Goatee was not born in 1940, and came of age in around 1948. The beauty of the Christmas story is that it makes you nostalgic for a time that you have no idea about. No, None of us, neither our father or maybe even our grandfather, gathered around a radio. And yet we watch a Christmas Story, and we get it. We get know. how excited they are to listen to Little Orphan Annie. We get how disappointed they are that Little Orphan Annie is shelling Ovaltine <laughs> with her decoder ring. And furthermore... Uh, John Huston, a very famous director, was once asked, how are you, how can you be a great director? And he said, it's very simple. Get great actors. This movie got the best <laughs> actors on planet Earth. Get the best, got the best actors on planet Earth, and I'll explain why. Um, they were all perfect for the roles, but specifically Ralphie. How many times have we watched a movie where the kid sucks? How many times have we watched a movie where we wanted, we were so annoyed by how precocious the kid was, how kid actorly the kid was? Ralphie was a kid. Ralphie was us. Ralphie, uh, like what we were, what we forget about childhood is that all these small things meant everything back then. Getting a Red Ryder BB gun was all we had. We had not discovered girls yet. Like, the idea that a teacher might tell us that our essay was amazing and write A++++ plus over the chalkboard into the audience was all we would imagine, because we thought our essay was great. Uh, the idea that our dad might kill us for beating up the bully which was a great thing Ralphie did, was just something in our conscious because we thought we'd get in trouble for everything. It, I, there is no other movie on planet Earth that has ever been made, that has ever captured what it is like to truly be a kid than a Christmas story. Gene Shepherd was wonderful on his radio show when he would write and when he narrated and had a small cameo on a Christmas story in capturing what it is like to be a kid all of the things that we now look back and think don't matter, mattered so much to us because our brain wasn't very developed. And like, that was our, like, looking forward to a Christmas present, worrying we weren't going to get in trouble by the old man. All of these non-doesn't make, aren't big deal things. The director, Bob Clark, who directed Porky's, made it perfectly... An example of what a kid goes through on a daily basis and how emotionally they get about nothing. And how dare you say that this movie is not funny? I remember thinking that this was the first PG movie that I ever saw where there are so many wonderful laughs. And yes, that politically incorrect moment where they go to the Chinese restaurant. Fra, ra 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 I dare you to not laugh at that. I, did, I dare geez. you, Kevin. I dare you.
0: How many times did you laugh while re-watching this film last night or the night before or whenever you watch it? How many times did you legitimately laugh again?
1: Uh-huh fudge only it wasn't fudge it was the queen mother of all cuss words i laugh every time i laugh at all of it i laugh and like you speak (laughs) you speak like you know the midwest you speak of uh ralphie's little brother getting bundled up where he can't hold his arms down and then he laid down like a little slug Because it was his only defense. (laughs) And first of all, A, that is a staple of the Midwest. Dressing up that much with that many layers. And B, fucking hilarious. Every time his little brother goes down like the Titanic, I laugh my ass off. And all he did was lay there because it was his only defense. It was perfect. And I'll, I'll even add this the decor of it, how much they captured the 40s and how beautifully they uh, did due diligence to how it looked. I want to wear every bit of clothing they wore. That was a beautiful time in American clothing. Um, Every every person was cast beautifully. It was, the reason that you are so sick of all these lines is because it captured America's heart and we repeat them all the time. So don't blame the movie. Blame hacks that just repeat the lines. It is, no one has ever captured what it is like to be a kid better ever than this movie. And it inspired a lot of horrible things. Uh, The Wonder Years is on record. The maker of The Wonder Years is saying that the Christmas story uh, inspired The Wonder Years. The Wonder Years is absolute diarrhea. It is shit. I hate The Wonder Years. It is. Hell yeah. Um, and I, I, I'm the same age as Drew Barrymore, and I remember watching E.T. in the theaters and thinking, ugh, Oh she is, she's like trying it. to be so cute, and she's the same age as me, and we're much more cerebral this age than Drew Barrymore is doing. But Peter Billingsley captured that age perfectly. He didn't try to be too cute. He didn't try to be too precocious. He was a kid. He was an accurate, accurate, worried about these things, overreacted about other things kid. He was the perfect, most perfectly cast child actor in the history of child actors. And Kevin Goatee, you're an awful human being. And A Christmas Story is a wonderful movie, and your eyes are yellow.
0: I've heard a lot of defending nostalgia, not any reasons why this movie is good. There have been other kids' films that have done a lot better job of representing being a kid than this film Sandlot. has. Sandlot.
1: Sandlot's great. Uh, this movie's better. Little Big League, another one. All of those uh, I just gave were you two. Hit or, had hit or miss movement moments. Um, mm. This one is perfect from the beginning to the end. All you gave me were a bunch of lines that you were sick of. They're not, but they're not funny. I, I don't. I love quotes. You know that it's a weekly article
0: we do, or the quotes. But these quotes just brought nothing. These are bread
1: sandwich quotes. There's nothing to them. There was a philosophy to all of it. Um, the fact that the old man, and I love the fact that he's, we never know Mr. Parker's first name. He's either Mr. Parker or he is the old man, which is what Gene Shepard would call his dad. He didn't have a lot. You know, he had to deal with the, he had to deal with the furnace. He had to deal with his wife and he had to deal with his two weirdo kids, but he got that major award for some crossword puzzle he did. Right. And he's so proud of that. And his wife hates it so much, and he wants to display it, and she, of course, we will never know for sure, but she destroyed it. And that was his everything. And then he lost that, and he just couldn't do anything but just ball it up inside. It, it is, I saw my dad in that. I, I like think a lot of Americans saw their entire family in that, and it's wonderful. You don't have to think the movie is funny to know that it's beautiful wonderfully cast perfect movie by a great writer gene shepherd who made a lot of money through that and he could leave radio after it but he should have it is a wonderful movie and you have not convinced me on anything that's not true well i'm curious to see what
0: my co-host has to say well first bill give it a a score oh that's right
2: one to ten what do you give it bill
1: oh it's an absolute dead solid ten what? There's nothing. There's nothing. What? There's uh, nothing. Wow! Well right. I, I don't even want one. to play. I don't want to. Fucking ludicrous. Ten. I don't if want this to. This is a wow. ten. What is Shawshank? What is Shawshank Redemption? What is
0: Star Wars? What is fucking The Matrix? Good fellas. Star Wars is Star Wars is an eight at best. What? Everybody's like, wait, wait, Patty Shack? You're gonna tell me that? Okay. 10, 10, well, a case okay, of ten. Okay, you're gonna tell me this is as good and
1: as funny or whatever as the Christmas story. Well, we're talking funny. No, I'm just saying it's a ten as a is in. It's a perfect movie.
0: Oh, for fuck's wow. sakes.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's a,
2: it's a. This perfect, is a this is perfect a perfect matching. Your Merry honor, Christmas, I strike
1: partner. I strike the
0: co-host to have his record str- stricken from the record. They, they strike so again. Credibility. They
1: strike again. On right. grounds
2: of insanity, oh. I would like to say.
1: It is beautiful. It is a perfect movie. Yes.
0: Bill's the type of guy yes. to go represent himself in court. All right. Let me give let me give. Am my I
1: that fool? Am I that fool? <laughs> Before you do,
0: Kevin, don't forget to talk about our cool shirts that you have on and I have right here. Yes. Yeah, don't shirt. forget Kevin to go started. to
2: our merch store at guttingthesacredcow.com where you can get shirts, hats, mugs. Uh, we don't have masks yet, do we? We should, No. We need to get on the mask train. Um You can get everything, guttingthesacredcow.com for all your merch. You can wear an awesome shirt. You're not going to fill it out as well as I do, but hey, this is is perfect. (laughs) Someone's been Uh, working out. (laughs) I have nothing else to do. Back to the movie. Look, this movie, up until I was about 12, didn't even exist in my periphery. And then Ted Turner looked at one of his assistants and said, you know what? We should play a Christmas movie all day, Christmas Day. And they said, but sir, we don't have the right to any Christmas movies to do something like that. And he said, <laughs> well, go dig up a movie. And this is what they found. This is the movie that Ted Turner bought and sold his soul for to commit to our Christmas Iconicon that we have to watch every every year. And to me, and I'm going to lead with this, this movie is okay. I Kevin, when, when, when when Kevin told me he was picking it, I was like, "All right." And then when he t- when I found out that Bill hated this, I was like, "This is perfect." Kev hates this. Bill loves I it. I love it. And I gotta I tell you, it. I don't really, I don't really give a fuck. This movie does have there's a lot. I, there are a lot of issues in this movie, and a lot. And I, again, I blame a lot of this on this stupid podcast that we do. It <laughs> makes me look into shit that I never looked into before. First of all, the kid getting his getting his tongue stuck to the pole. I give if if this is how it was in the 40s, I give them credit because they send him back to school. He gets mm-hmm. his tongue stuck, and then he goes back to class. That's Could you great. imagine that today? That kid would go home. He'd have a therapist. They would have a day for him. They'd probably fly the flags at half mass. <laughs> he, would, he would. There'd be a lawsuit. He would. The school would probably be named after him. This kid went back to school with a, with a cotton true. swab on his mouth, and they were like, good luck, kid. You still got three hours left in the day. And then he went and got his ass beat up, beat by Farkas. Speaking of Farkas, if you dress your kid in a leather jacket at the age of 11, you were setting him up to be a hoodlum, and those parents knew <laughs>
1: exactly
2: what they were doing. Or, kid, or Italian. Yeah. <laughs> a hoodlum. So <laughs> Hilarious. The, that parent dressed that kid and was like, yep. He's going to go rob a liquor store someday. And they were right. Which, by the way, the actor who played Farkas, and Scott and I think his name was Scott Farkas, right? Uh, one, of the, uh, one of the ugliest kids. They did a really good job with the braces and everything, which I actually think he probably had the braces. He actually grew up into, to be a good-looking guy who's actually oh, yeah. in a number of movies. Uh, but don't put your kids in leather jackets. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Indiana in the 40s looks exactly as horrible as I would imagine Indiana in the 40s and Indiana in the '20s. yeah. I have, I have no desire to be there. And I have no de- Every movie you ever watch that's more than like 20 years old makes you go, I'm so glad I live today. Because yes. everything in the past looks like shit. All those people looked like they were still kind of dirty. They were all wearing wool, like a lot of wool. I feel yeah. like they were always itchy and smelly, and it just it. I know that it was supposed to make you go, "Oh, a simpler time," and I just thought it was like a dirty, smelly time. And it, the, the whole your thing nipples so,
1: were chafing just looking at the wool. Yes,
2: exactly. Yeah. yeah, too much wool. The pa- the guys were always in slacks. Like they always wear slacks. Like I gotta go get some more slacks to wear around the house. You gotta, you
0: know. anyway. they're very dressed up or just hanging out at house at yes. their home. Way too. Yes. I feel like
2: I feel like normal. Normal casual didn't come into like the 60s and the 70s. Yeah. People were finally like, oh, we don't always have to wear three-piece suits just to go yeah. fix the furnace.
1: Or go to a baseball game. Like, you have people wearing three-piece suits in like the bleachers at like at yeah, Abbot's Field.
2: Bill said something that I found extremely interesting. I have, n- and That's I don't perfect. know that it's true. I don't think they ever said what he won that lamp for. He just kept saying Oh, I'm a- assuming because he like
1: uh, like uh, that that is the thing online. This is what a dork I am. Uh, the, <laughs> they, the, the assumption online is that it was through crosswords. Yeah, yeah. And is, which I, is a very I, dad thing. But
2: I, I always I thought much like his name, it was just supposed to be one of those kind of general yeah. like he won something for something and he just kept saying brain power. What's that? Yeah, that's what I. Uh, yeah, brain right. power he tells us. Right. You wouldn't understand, little lady. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> they, him the yeah. Ralphie's sitting and fantasizing about his teacher turning into, you know, with the A++. Great! Kids sure fantasize differently about their teachers than they do today. Sure. (laughs) They're like, that teacher is probably going to go down on me. And today they do, which is uh, what I really think is an improvement in uh,
0: the education system. They're They're also way hotter teachers than they are when we had them. That's for damn sure. Yes. Oh, God, yes. I hate the little brother
2: more than I hate Farkas. (laughs) i was gonna beat up anybody i would have beat up the little brother before i beat it up for i like i get farkas probably comes from an alcoholic father who beats him and puts him in a leather jacket that kid was just dumb and annoying and he should have got the shit beat out of him
1: yep well let me ask you this do you guys both have uh younger siblings
0: yes no
1: you do uh yeah kev kev you have a sister right I have, I'm, uh, yeah. I have a younger brother and a younger sister. I'm the oldest. Okay, well then the younger brother part, uh, the thing that uh, resonates with me with the younger brother in a Christmas story, very briefly, is when after Ralphie gets into a fight with Scott Farkas, and the little brother hides underneath the the, the kitchen cabinet because he's worried Dad's gonna kill Ralphie, and that was that reminded me of my little brother. Like my little brother hated me, but like if I was going to get in big trouble, he had my back and he was really worried about me. And like, I love that. Like and that was, and also it also was very accurate. You know? I mean, that is the bratty annoying little brother. The best thing that little back. kid
2: said was daddy's going to kill Ralphie.
1: Yes. That's it. That was, yeah. that was,
2: that and, was the best moment that kid had in the entire movie.
1: Yeah. And, but like daddy's every little brother, man, that is it.
2: Today. If you made a kid deep throat, a brick of soap, They'd call Difus on you.
0: Oh, that, how did I miss that? Uh, 100%. Nicely done. Nicely yeah. done. Yeah. And then this little piece of shit goes on
2: to blame the Jewish kid for saying, fuck. <laughs> he has one Jew friend, and he's like, you know what? The Jew did it. Call him up. His mom will kick the shit out of him. And he's right, because you know what? My mom got that same call, and she beat the shit out of me. Ralphie should be punched in the dick. That unloy- This is the most unloyal group of friends that have ever been assembled. They make the kid accurate. stick his tongue to the pole. They rat out on him for saying fuck, and then they abandon him as soon as Farkas shows up. They are the worst friends in the world. I hope Kill Ralphie went on and actually found out what friendship means because this movie doesn't mean a goddamn piece of shit. thing. They're the Avengers of pussy and not in a good way. <laughs> I got to tell you, sitting around and watching, listening to the radio seems as horrible as sitting around and listening to the radio. I would rather drink seven gallons of Ovaltine than have to sit and listen to a radio for entertainment. Right.
1: I never. That's what they did. That's what they, they did. Never got like, they, they, they actually looked at it.
2: Yeah, right. They looked at it because there was just nothing else to look at. I never got an Orphan Annie decoder ring, but I did once get a one nine nine hundred number that was supposed to get me a free G.I. Joe action figure, but instead it got me a long list of pornographic phone numbers, which I got to tell you was a hell of a lot better than a free refrigerated yeah. Perry doll. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Should I get roadblock or a boner? Because <laughs> knowing is half the battle.
2: <laughs> the slide, the Santa display slide. What, what store in what mall ever had that elaborate of a Santa Claus display? In fact, nine because they s- built that specifically for the store. And then the store was like, you know what? We're going to keep this thing. And they actually kept it up for about four or five years. Is that true? Yeah.
1: Oh, wow. Oh, that, yeah. I love that.
2: This movie led to thousands of, of obnoxious bros decorating their man caves with those lamps. (laughs) There was an an entire cottage industry built around horny fish-netted lamp legs, which is just the most bat-shitty product to ever make. And yes, Bill Schultz has one sitting behind. Is that the full size? Is that the actual size? Oh, it's it's movie scale. It is
1: movie scale, Kevin Israel. Yeah, all Uh, these, you're so right. right. You can see the fish bed stockings. I can pull them right here. Yeah. Oh, it, it's yeah, real just real. If it fall,
2: fell and broke. That would just be, by, by the way,
1: my, my little brother who would cry whenever my dad would get mad at me. got me this. <laughs> so that was a present right there.
0: <laughs> by the way, every, every man who, every guy who owns that lamp bought it from a garage sale where the wife goes, throw that fucking thing out right now, or this is the end of this marriage. And they kowtowed. And that's I do it. have to say though, Watching the watching
2: Ralphie run his hand up that leg was definitely something I would have done as a kid. Oh yeah. You never doubt. And then That's the leg corny- even the leg even has the little undercut for the ass. And I kind of respected that level of workmanship. Like that they really put the having- time into the into the the shape of that leg. And uh, and as a little eleven year old horny kid, I would have felt it up. Yeah, they, they censored that. I don't have the ass part. Yeah, I don't have that. Leaving a kid in line by himself to wait for Santa on that long line would get Difus called on you. But in the 80s, <laughs> yeah, in the 80s that was the
0: norm because I did the same shit with my, oh, sure. my, my, my brother. today, so, yeah. could
2: you imagine just leaving a kid and being like, good luck,
0: especially that young? What, at eight? I came this close to leaving my daughter in the car with the windows cracked By I, I was going to go run into fucking 7-Eleven and get something and I, I can only imagine Four you fucking four people so with the with, with cell phone outside videoing them in my car as they walk out with just fucking gum or whatever it was. I go, okay. I unstrap
1: my daughter from the car seat. Bring her in. Go, fucking pain in the Well, ass. you guys are missing the one thing that ties us in with the 40s. We are the last generation that had realistic, so realistic toy guns. Well, yeah. we could have robbed a bank with our toy guns. Oh, I Literally, haven't. we could have robbed a bank, and Ralphie had that. Right towards the end of probably Kevin and my
2: childhood was when they made them put the orange or red, red cap, yeah. thing at the end. Yeah. So you knew it wasn't real. Oh, yeah. Speaking of cell phones, Kev. Yeah. Then watching somebody stand in that long of a line without a cell phone gives me anxiety. I would have <laughs> no idea what to do to myself. I just had to stand in line and wait that little kid with the glasses who was clearly supposed to be retarded would have gotten punched in the face. Yes. Mm. If you gave a kid a gun for Christmas, they would call Difus on you. Yeah. She but- gave him a giant blue ball for Christmas and that was not lost on me. <laughs> I never thought about that. <laughs> And if my neighbor's dogs broke into my house Uh and ate my Christmas dinner, I would go over to that house with a bat. And I love dogs. I would break each of those dogs' legs, and then I would take their Christmas dinner, and I would eat it in front of them. The fact that they were just like, well, we're going to dinner, is complete horseshit. I would have called my lawyer. I would have called the police. But that would have been after I took a bat to the entire family, because that's horseshit. And that scene always drove me crazy. And how did they not put a lock on the door that could have kept the dogs out if they know that that was a recurring problem?
1: That's fucking batshit crazy. Yeah. I love that you guys are applying um, logic to a movie. I mean,
2: you know what? I hate to make this point. Kevin and I make it every now and then. Movies, I like to put movies in a category of reality. You have your movies that are complete fantasy fiction out of Marvel Avengers. Then you have the movies that exist in pure absolute reality or 100% reality. This movie is about two inches away from pure absolute reality. Outside of being a kid's memories and a kid's version of what he remembers, this movie exists in reality. So I'm going to hold
1: it to the fire that those fucking dogs are bullshit. Well, Gene Shepard had neighbors called the Bumpkisses, and they had guns. So you take a bat to that family, they're going to shoot you in the face. So that's why he went to the Chinese store rather than picking a fight with them. They were, they were the Hicks in Indiana versus...
2: Uh, well, you know what? This Jew wouldn't have been living in Indiana anyway, so it doesn't matter.
1: <laughs> anyway, I give this movie...
2: I was prepared to give this movie a five and a half...
0: Oh, yeah. I but, saw it
2: coming already. Say it. But Kevin Goatee. Yes. He brought me down. He brought it down. He's <laughs> killing me. I'm I, Bill, I love you, but he did it. He. I, I, this movie is a five. This movie is just mad for me. It's literally just meh. Every You know, once in a while when it's on, I'll stop on a scene. And here's, here's actually my biggest problem with the movie. And I, I could have ignored all of my notes. My biggest problem with the movie is there's no plot. There's no ah. real plot in this movie. That's
1: what's great about it. No. no, it's not.
2: That's not a movie. This is a series of SNL skits jammed together about one character. It's like if you took all of the Pat skits and put them together and was like, that's a great movie. It's they not. By the way, they there they was a make, movie. They, I
0: know. Just say, they did make a Pat movie. It
2: <laughs> failed. Yeah. This, I mean, this, this, is a bunch of, this is a bunch of cute, nostalgic scenes jammed together without any real coherent plot other than this kid wanted to get a gun. That's literally yeah. what this was. That's watch, why
1: it's beautiful. Oh,
0: watch me take the tits right out of Bill Schultz. Hey Kevin, does this pass the remote test?
2: No. <laughs> it does not. And I love and listen, this Jew you, loves Christmas movies. Yeah. Kevin said it. Christmas Carol is not only my favorite movie, it's my favorite story of all time. I love The Christmas Carol. I love every iteration of it. I love Scrooge. I just think it's a perfect story. It's so well told. It's such a great evolution of a character. And it has a plot. It has a coherent plot where this movie is just a bunch of things that happened to this kid this one Christmas, which is okay. Is it compelling? Not really. And the only reason this movie exists in our lexicon is because Ted Turner needed to air something all day on Christmas Day. That's why this movie exists. And that's why, so, ex-
1: by that rationale, you hate the Shawshank Redemption. Come no, on. Shawshank Redemption is a great movie. Same difference. Shawshank Redemption failed in the in the box office, and they started they because they got the rights of it easily. They played it on TBS all the time. It was a but huge wrong, wrong,
0: wrong. It was a huge seller on DVD, huge seller. No, when it
1: became when it became VHS, sorry, VHS, VHS, sorry,
0: VHS.
2: I sit exactly halfway between the two of you, and I will stick to that. Kevin brought me. I was gonna. I was gonna give it one one half bro. point more towards the. All right, but no, Kevin. Kevin, God. I hate you both. Evisceration. You both. Let's see what some other people had to say oh, about God. this fine
0: movie. Hold on, one se- hold on. Hold on. Hold on. One second. I'm just going The difference between this and Shawshank Redemption would be the fact that Shawshank Redemption. Had twenty-one wins and forty-three nominations. Let's just pause. Yeah, I'm on. not even
2: gonna. I, I'm not even gonna entertain that or no, billion. No, okay, okay. just checking. Just checking. Okay.
1: <laughs> critics. Godfather Three reviews. was nominated for Best Picture. No. Not like that.
2: Critics. Five-star reviews.
0: Five-star reviews. Five-star reviews by critics.
2: Just a tour de force of holiday agony, outrageous and hilarious. Kids, guns, you can't go wrong with that combination. It adds up to a film that's sweet and sappy, yet still entertaining. Kids and guns. Who doesn't love kids and guns, right? I love it. I think it is one of the best portrayals of childhood ever in the movies. I think Casper from the movie Kids would disagree.
0: (laughs)
1: you bastard
0: i got no legs (laughs) shh baby it's casper
2: (laughs) i'm giving you aids delightfully entertaining and wryly amusing narration to keep the adults in the audience smirking and the kids in the audience going why is that lamp making me feel funny in my pants (laughs) critics
0: one-star reviews Critics one-star reviews. Critics one-star reviews. (laughs) There are a number
2: of small, unexpectedly funny moments in A Christmas Story, but you have to possess the stamina of a pearl diver to find them. Oh, pearl diver! Perfect, per pearl diver. That was an interesting choice for stamina. The script's lack of subtlety and effective wit make for an increasingly tiring experience. It won't make anyone forget Miracle on 34th Street, but this is a pleasant, pleasant fair as far as holiday films go nowadays,
0: which isn't very far. I'm surprised in the critics' five-star reviews, no one used the word zeitgeist. <laughs> you know what? It would have been an appropriate
2: time to use zeitgeist. I know. I know. I was waiting for it. <laughs> All right, I got to breathe deep for I know oh, that not yet. It won't make anyone forget Miracle on 34. Oh no, that's right. I did that one already. Mm-hmm. This one I got to breathe deep for. This is a long one and I think it's one sentence. A very creepy holiday movie as a kid growing up even owning the leg lamp from this movie. I can say I hate this movie and it ruins the holidays for me. I will say the father in the movie was great and probably can can re- related to anyone Anyone's dad. What I find creepy in this movie is the narrator voice, hearing the voice every Christmas over and over, dramatically explaining his most memorable Christmas is terrible, as well as the creepy Santa Claus, his oh. elf, and the little yep. midget bully that until now I realizes was really a kid. This is a huge cult following, and that makes me wonder in the voice of Keenan Thompson. Why? Oh.
0: I have no idea what he said. I don't know. The key, is that a good, good Burger joke that I
2: missed on? I, I don't know. I don't know if there was this SNL skit where he always just said why. I actually Googled it, and I couldn't find it. No.
1: Yeah, I don't know that one either.
2: This is a symbolic to Christmas as National Lampoon. Oh, sorry. Amazon five-star reviews.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Amazon five-star reviews. It's time for Amazon five-star reviews. Five-star reviews. This is a symbolic
2: to Christmas as National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. While it's 35 years old, it holds up. Sure, the kid, is, kid Randy whines a lot. You could weaponize that kid, sonic frequency. But the family scenes in this film were written by a man who just wasn't passionate about capturing the magic of the holiday season from a child's perspective. He was passionate about storytelling. The writer was, narr- the, writer was the narrator of the film. And then looking at his career, it definitely shows. If you've never watched this, you'll laugh, you'll cry, and in the end you'll be happy. Isn't that what Christmas is all about?
0: I love that the kid's voice could be weaponized as a sonic uh, whatever. That was that was spot on. I just you realize, have yellow
2: eyes. I respect the amount of work that guy put into that. Yeah. As opposed to this guy. The sets, the costumes, etc., are all perfect. Yes. These low expectation having motherfuckers. I tell you. The storyline is simply adorable and enjoyable for children and adults alike. But you don't have to be a Christian to appreciate it, and
1: do it as well.
0: <laughs> but if you're a dirty Jew, you should stick to your own. <laughs> yeah. Go watch Eight Days of Hanukkah, or whatever that Adam Sandler eight film crazy was. Crazy Nights. That's it, Eight <laughs> Crazy Nights, thank you. Yeah, Crazy Nights.
2: <laughs> also, the psychotic break from the bullying happened to a buddy of mine in school. He was a small guy and ended up beating the bully and his butt kiss her so badly that they each needed several stitches. Since this happened in South Yay. Alabama in the early 60s, all the adults seemed to figure the bully and company got what they deserved. Good times. As a side note, our local bully never came back to school, never saw him or his parents around town, never did find out what happened to them. Good riddance to stinky trash.
1: Did they Years catch later, it? they
2: found
0: his house with several hundred naked headless dolls. I was going to say, did they, catch, did they catch that last hobo train through town and jumped on it with the same bum from PB's Big Adventure? singing uh, go be a carny you weirdo jimmy crack corn and i don't care
2: (laughs) (laughs) i had always stayed away from it because it seemed that every time the main star opened his mouth he was whining about that goddamn bb gun it was not until i got married and my husband forced me to watch it one year that i realized it was not all that bad i still can't stand whiny kids so the fact that i can watch it without tearing my hair out is saying something
0: Then he said you try that if you can try that then we can try anal sex because you know it's not that bad
2: And now, and favorite, Amazon, one-star reviews.
0: Amazon, one-star reviews.
2: Okay, I was a teenager in 1983 when this movie came out. Let me tell you, no one was talking about this movie, and I mean no one. (laughs) It was an invisible little movie that meant very little to anyone. Fast forward 10 years and see advertisements insisting it was the Christmas classic you loved as a child. Well, it wasn't, and it isn't. Yet the marketers and TV stations obstinately still go on insisting that it is. This movie is proof of one thing and one thing only, that if you repeat a lie long enough and go loudly enough, people will eventually believe it. Now, go read all of my QAnon theories about Hollywood pedophile rings. <laughs>
0: up until that point, I was ready to buy that guy a beer or that girl a beer. <laughs> the QAnon shit you lost me on. I thought this movie was terrible. And I don't mean
2: not as good as everyone says. I mean, if you tied me up and made me watch this movie again, inside
0: of an hour, I'd give you anything you wanted to let me go. I mean, another half it's an hour. i never understand
1: another, I, another, I, another, another
0: Another half an hour they could have gotten away without giving away anything. <laughs> logic, kids, logic. Wow. That logic.
1: This
2: is really what everyone thinks of when they think of classic. Yep. This is one of the worst movies I've ever wasted my time watching. My kids didn't even <laughs> like it. Of course, my kids don't like me, so what do they know? <laughs> Their kids must be in uh, advanced classes then, because I like the cut of his jib. <laughs> this movie is awful. The storyline is totally disjointed and beyond creepy in certain points. I'm not sure what in the hell was going through the creator's mind at the time, but it has to involve some type of psychosis. Avoid, if all possible. I don't know what's creepy about a 10-year-old caressing a plastic fishnet-covered
0: ass. Everything seems fine here. (laughs) (laughs) That's not true. Every, Every dude has ogled a mannequin many, 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 many times in their lives.
1: Now I agree with Kev.
0: (laughs) Nah.
2: <laughs> oh, My dad on. once told me a story where he, uh, they were like, "Whose kid is this?" And he found me taking the shirt off of a mannequin. <laughs> I was like, "Well, it you knew one thing about a me from an early age. <laughs> The good ones have nipples. Oh, I
1: don't, I don't know. the great the ones Midwest have nipples
0: <laughs> and beaver slits too. I could see their badge. Okay,
1: really? Uh, okay. No. We didn't have those.
0: You know, for that camel
2: toe modeling that we all... <laughs> Bill, you don't visit enough adult bookstores, it sounds like.
1: <laughs> I don't. Bill, I don't. You, need to, you need to
2: take the pants off and wear mannequins, is what this <laughs> comes
1: down to.
0: You need to walk out your apartment right now, go to a store and start pantsing it. <laughs> And then take the mannequins... I the
1: bucket list.
0: Take the mannequins over to the bedding section and have them fucking on the bedding section in Macy's or whatever, and really charge admission for that because your, your time is worth money. <laughs> or at least... Take the pants mannequins over to
2: the first associate you can find and go, where are the lips?
0: I was told
1: there'd be lips.
2: (laughs) I laughed twice but cringed the entire time I watched this boring movie. Sorry, this one was lost on me.
0: Hmm. Back to the mannequins. How many times would would someone take a mannequin to a store associate and go, all right, how much to take it into the dressing room for half an hour? Kind of Kill Bill. (laughs) (laughs) Remember, no punching, all right? (laughs) I hate you. I hate just you. like the foul You language. know, like every
1: time I hear mannequins, I always remember the footage of um, Neverland right after Michael Jackson died, and the things that they would unload from his mansion was just boy mannequin, mannequin after boy mannequin that Michael Jackson collected. Michael Jackson. His there. entire home was filled with boy mannequins in various states of undress, and that's all I associate with mannequins right now. And I can tell is getting a hard on right now.
0: Or no, to someone texted me. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Dislike the foul language for a movie with PG rating.
0: Foul the language? Was
2: cleaned up, and Amazon made no reference to this movie. Not edited for TV when purchased. Do you want to say it or do I have to say it? Go for it, Kev. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we really are switching places. I enjoy this. Cursing of say, the Pearl. There is no this...
0: cursing in this film. There is zero cursing in this film. Well, actually, movie. no, no, no. was a lot.
2: I had a note about this. They're very inconsistent. So the father mumbles his way through most of the movie. Yeah. Just going, ratchet, ratchet, bingo, bingo, bingo. But then at, sometimes they do say, because Ralphie said, son of a bitch. Yes. But then they bleeped out fuck to say fudge for whatever reason. No, they never said fuck. No, no they I never know. said fuck. They didn't yeah. bleep it out. They, they have him say fudge yeah. instead of fuck. Only fudge.
1: it wasn't fudge yeah
2: and then heavy. and then but then the father at some point says uh, that's the son of a bitch at some point someone
1: yeah
0: one of his little tie right not cursing that's a lot what's that
1: they say ass a lot
0: yeah yeah, yeah. curse that's on network tv it's not cursing no I, i'm just uh, the time it they was. to they chose to creatively
2: edited certain words when they did allow it. In, I don't know. It just, it, no, no.
0: It, I want to know this woman's gripe because they didn't actually, if they said bitch or ass, that's not cur- If They said shit or fuck. Okay, fine. I'll acquiesce, but they didn't. At least I don't remember that. I don't know if you guys do, but I sure have tell. this
2: clay. This, this lady was counting her rosary while she was watching this. <laughs> yeah, sure. Damn is a curse word to her. Well, let's do the sign of the cross while we talk about this. Final Amazon one-star review. Oh, the best one personal preference. Can't stand this movie. Yeah. Horrible language for a kids for a kids show. That's some completely inappropriate scenes with the whole leg lamp. Don't know how this became a Christmas classic. The uh. whole leg lamp. But I'm going to go jerk off with sandpaper. Wait wait
1: wait till she I don't her. think that was part of the review.
2: So uh, so this leaves us at an at an odd impasse because normally at this time Kev would ask me if the guest gutted the sacred cow. And now I would have to ask. Bill. So no.
1: <laughs> I'm asking Kev. you, has the guest got it? the sacred cow?
2: Yeah, Kev got it. <laughs> oh! And you know you what? And I, and I, and I, listen, I know there's going to be, I feel like there might be some listeners who say there's favoritism because Kev and I are yes. partners in this. Yes. But I got to tell you, I didn't think he was going to pull it off because I watched it last night and I was like, ah, it's not that like it doesn't, it just didn't offend me one way or another. Like it was fine. I, you know, there were parts where I smiled. It was, it was okay. But he, no, he made he,
0: he, you tore that motherfucker apart.
1: Like the well, dog, Kevin, like in the dogs world, a dog bully or a toady.
0: <laughs> well, Toadie, give me your fucking lunch money. Then <laughs>
2: when I say come, you <laughs> better come.
0: Yeah. You, you like my leather jacket bill?
1: and your flat cap looking like a kid midget (laughs) yeah well
2: listen Bill where can we find your beautiful face
1: oh thank you brother Uh, we are on compoundmedia.com Monday through Thursday uh, 10 to 11 Uh, it's like 8 bucks a month to subscribe I gotta look that up again Uh, you can't afford not to uh, a lot of great content there. Mostly ours. And uh, with regards to the Guiding the Sacred Cow um, live episode, as much as you might have been disgusted by me and my arguments today, know this. Joanne is really hot. So come for that. There you go. That's yeah. fair. That's, I'll co-sign co- co- on that. That's yeah. fair. She may or may not be dressed up as Ralph Maggio, so that might Either help or hurt your boner.
0: No, it's um, going to help my boner because I'm wearing a Johnny Lawrence gee and my boner will be sticking right
1: out. I can't wait.
2: <laughs> I'll be sitting on the other side of the table. <laughs>
1: Don't give this voter that much credit. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm average guy. I'm average. No, no, no big dick energy here. Average. So. <laughs> He's a grower, not a shower. Yeah. It's a nice curve, but yeah. <laughs> Kev, where can we, uh, where can we find you at? You can find me right next to you, buddy, at the yeah, live show, gutting the sacred cow live show, as the aforementioned Bill Schultz and Kevin Israel, and myself, will be there, January twenty third. Get your tickets, twenty five bucks, get you in the door. If COVID cancels it, don't worry, you get your money back. So it's a win win. Check out our website every single day for more articles, guttingthesacredcow.com. And if you have not yet done so, please, for the love of Christ, find, and find time, just two seconds, to give us a five-star rating, two-sentence review on iTunes. That would make us and help us a lot more. And guess what? Because of you folks, let's thank you again. You, that's right, you people, got us to number 32 on the iTunes Top 100 Film Reviews recently. All right, ain't that some shit, right? That's awesome. Yeah, let's uh, let's read one of our new uh, reviews uh, from Newark Knight. An absolute, pro- pl- excuse me, an absolute pleasure. I've heard both hosts pop up on numerous podcasts and radio shows over the years. I guess he's going over the woods and through the hills to grandmother's house. We go, and now I finally got to listen to this podcast. I started from the beginning, and it was well worth it. These guys have improved over time and gotten so much better. Can't wait for more. One other review I thought that was great. Gunning the sacred cow cured me from the coronavirus and saved me from a potentially disastrous Tinder date. I do, however, have bruised ribs from all the laughter caused by Kevin too. That's Kevin squared because you know there's two of them. That's the kind of a hilarity that gets you posted on our social media and all that good stuff with your cutesy poo fun reviews. Kevin, that go- second review was from Anthony Fauci. <laughs> I can't wait for that live show. That is going to be fun. Be I can't uh, wait either. I hope yeah. it
1: happens. Let's screw you, pandemic. Let's we'll, we'll, we're
0: going we're to we're plot on through that. The, but it's been in a the blast. the of the pandemic,
2: I'm going to lick Bill
0: Schultz's face. <laughs> By the way, I'll tell Kevin. You'll shoot spring. your eyes out. Oh, fuck you. It's good good call back when right in the beginning of the pandemic bill when was this like uh, march february march yeah we were we were both like fuck this covid shit and we both licked our thumbs and held them. we would look at everything in yeah, the studio yeah. like
1: dickheads yeah, <laughs> yeah
0: like, 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 put our thumbs in there go yeah come get me covid well apparently that yeah. shit has wheels <laughs> oh, god that's dang
2: power <laughs> and yeah. here we are kids <laughs> okay zooming so, for I, eight I, months
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> so true
2: so, guys, thanks for listening uh, from gutting the sacred cow. This was an awesome episode. Bill, you are a gentleman, a scholar, and a thanks for
1: having uh, me, guys. piece of
2: shit. <laughs>
1: Wait, what? Can we edit that last part out? No, I'm gonna edit the first two Listen, parts out.
2: Everybody, happy holidays. We appreciate all your support for gutting the sacred cow. Please tell a friend. The only thing we want for Christmas is, is you. Is oh. you and okay. five or ten of your closest friends to subscribe and write reviews. Yes. yes. So once more, I, ha- I really love the opportunity to helm this puppy I'm happily give it back to Kevin Goatee next time because I can't handle this much responsibility. It gives me anxiety. But for Kevin Goatee, Kevin Israel, Bill Schultz, this is Gutting the Sacred Cow, and we will catch you next time. Peace.